now she regret bringing two person onto a podcast. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's okay. It's... She's like, damn, I should have brought one at a time. <laughs> I thought it's like very boring. I'm Ashley and welcome to yet another episode of Blog Stock and Barrel, the podcast about blockchains and a whole lot more. Today we have two guests with us, Veronica Tan from the Infocom and Media Development Authority of Singapore and Yiming Ng from Tribe Accelerator. Veronica is from the Technology and Infrastructure Group in the IMDA and her work revolves primarily around master planning and strategy development of frontier technologies such as blockchain, which are relevant for Singapore to realize its vision to being a leading digital economy in the world. Yiming Ng is the managing partner of Tribe Accelerator, Singapore's very first government-supported blockchain accelerator that facilitates the mass adoption of blockchain technology in startups. In this episode, we talk about the state of blockchain adoption within Singapore and the various initiatives being carried out across stakeholders to groom the local ecosystem, as well as its challenges. One such example is Open Nodes that aims to create a hyper-connected blockchain ecosystem and drive wider adoption through increased collaboration and education. So without further ado, here is Veronica Tan and Yiming Ng, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Before I get started with asking you about the work that you do at Tribe and IMDA, I think I'd like to know a little bit more about how each of you started off uh, being introduced to blockchain. So maybe Veronica, you can start first. Okay, so for myself, I think I am a fairly newbie to this, only into this about two years or so. That happened around the time when IMDA did a reorganization and our key area of focus at the time uh, was then about building Singapore as a digital economy. So as a digital economy, technologies are obviously very important and we look at um, a whole range of technologies that we think have the potential to help to bring um, the country forward in terms of um, digitalization. Um, blockchain is one such example. It is um, quite new and nascent in terms of mass adoption, not quite there yet, but at the same time, I think it has been very closely associated with digital transformation and this is the reason why we started looking at it um, two years ago. What about for you, Yiming? So Tribe Accelerator, we started from a sister entity called Tribe, where in 2014, we first incubated two blockchain companies. Back then, there wasn't that whole mass hype about blockchain. So we incubated two companies. One was CoinHako and one was Atorus. And they're still in the space today as pioneers of the ecosystem. And I think what we saw back in 2017, when there was this whole boom about uh, blockchain, and uh, a lot of speculation, a lot of things going on revolving the space, some of their bank's accounts were shut down. And we felt that, hey, like, why is it so? Because these are good companies that came in before there was this whole market exists. And when they are doing well, their bank accounts get shut down. So we felt that there was this huge gap between like the traditional world as well as the blockchain ecosystem. And we wanted to plug this gap and uh, to increase adoption of this technology itself. So that's how we started Tribe Accelerator. So currently, how many projects are there under Tribe? Till date, we have 19 projects under Tribe Accelerator. So we are now currently in the second batch itself. And we'll be rolling out the third batch in early 2020. Very cool. Okay, so so for you, Veronica, what aspect of your work in IMDA deals with blockchain specifically? Um, I guess from the technology office, one thing that we did uh, was uh, last year when we launched um, a technology roadmap for Singapore to be a services 4.0 um, hub and launchpad. 
Um, this involved various technology areas and blockchain was one of the things that we looked at. Moving forward, we're also looking at uh, building the blockchain ecosystem in Singapore. Actually, to be fair, there is already a fairly vibrant ecosystem, but the interesting thing about blockchain is that it's a fairly collaborative technology. It is not something that most companies would be able to do on their own in silo and almost always requires them to collaborate across organizational boundaries to work with other companies. And this is where we saw a certain um, opportunity for us to work together with industry a bit more closely to build the ecosystem together. Is this something, how, how did you realize this? Was this, was this um, while speaking to companies and realizing, okay, all these companies are interested in blockchain technologies, but their projects are not moving forward because you always they always end up uh, having a roadblock in terms of collaboration? Or when did the government realize like, oh, hey, okay, this is not something that people can do um, I guess it's uh, also through uh, engagements with the companies because many of them will share with us uh, some of the barriers or the challenges that they face. So I think this is where we realise that although it's meant to be a decentralised technology, um, at the same time there is a certain um, fragmentation or should I say vibrancy in the market. So sometimes it's hard for people to or enterprises to be able to find access to certain technologies or certain partners that they can try out the technology with in the same value chain. And that's why we thought there was a case for us to work together and and basically bring people a bit more closer together through efforts in the ecosystem. What other efforts does that include? Like in events or...? We used to do blockchain events. Um, last year, we did something called Blockchain Discovery Day, uh, largely targeted for enterprises to understand more about the technology. But we also felt that actually there are many blockchain events in Singapore, probably yeah. no real need for <laughs> us to do anymore. Um, what we nowadays do is we crash ourselves at various industry events uh, to talk to companies and sometimes we get asked to speak there and yeah, that's really what we do. The other uh, recent effort that we did is to work together with Tribe to launch Open Notes, which is meant to be a blockchain engagement platform so the whole idea is that there are actually quite a few different stakeholder groups in the blockchain ecosystem. Some of them are enterprises that are early adopters and have started um, some early projects and want to find more partners to join them. Others are enterprises that have digital transformation offices who want to get started also, but maybe they don't want to be um, the ones starting efforts and want to join in and get plugged into other people's efforts. There's also um, universities um, looking at it, um, research institutions and so on. So we thought it's a good ideas to work with um, open nodes to put together well I think what they call a hyper-connected ecosystem where mm-hmm. different stakeholder groups get connected to one another and find um, basically opportunities to collaborate so I think uh, I was quite interested when you mentioned about how the like the industry I mean the ecosystem here is very vibrant I was just wondering if there was any if you notice any differences between the readiness or the willingness to adopt this in blockchain technology among um, for example, foreign companies versus Singaporean companies. Mm, interestingly enough, I think uh, Deloitte did a global blockchain survey uh, both in 2018 and 2019. So the results in 2019 had a breakdown of um, enterprises attitudes towards blockchain um, amongst various countries and Singapore is one of them. I think overall from the results, we did see that enterprises in Singapore tend to be relatively supportive and um, compared to some of the other countries also tend to let the technology um, experiment and evolve for for more time uh, before they decide what to do with it. So I think there's a certain acceptance of the technology. In a separate study that LinkedIn did globally on skills, I think they also looked at uh, various rising skills in many countries and I think blockchain is one of the top three that was identified in Singapore as well. Yes. So I think overall, you can see that there's a certain um, interest level in this technology in Singapore. Hmm, okay. 
And do you feel like the kind of opportunities that blockchain opens up for enterprises and governments are different? I understand that you work primarily through harness industries, but just because you've been exposed to a lot of different use cases in the, of the technology and a lot of enterprises, and you're also like in the middle of a very multi-stakeholder environment. So I think in 2017, Harvard uh, Business Review had a very nice article that talked about the promise of blockchain, and they sort of uh, characterized blockchain adoption into four uh, four categories. Um, some of the categories look very much at um, business model innovation, and this is a longer-term uh, transformation that could be enabled with blockchain. In the shorter term, they do say that um, most of the initial projects that are taking off uh, and a bit more easy to get started will be in operational efficiency. So if we were to translate this uh, back to your original question, I think from a government perspective, usually government plays the role of enabler and I think many of the projects would tend to focus more on operational um, efficiency. Mm -hmm. How do you maybe uh, make it simpler for multiple stakeholders to come together and do something? Um, Whereas in the private sector, beyond operational um, efficiency projects, I think um, some of them would also be looking at business model transformation type of projects um, that would happen in the longer term as the technology evolves and grows a bit more in and adoption. Um, so talking about how, I mean, like drawing back to how you mentioned that blockchain technology is a very collaborative environment, perhaps you can talk about, you mean, perhaps you can talk about the different kinds of stakeholders that you engage with. I think through Open Notes itself, something that we've been working closely with uh, IMDA and Veronica's team on, I think the various stakeholders that we want to engage includes uh, the government agencies. So apart from IMDA, like Enterprise Singapore, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, uh, National Research Foundation, so on and so forth, as well as global corporates, like some examples of companies that we work with includes like BMW Group, AXA, PwC, Thermastic, as well as blockchain and tech companies that are heavily involved in this space, from the likes of Consensus to IBM to Intel, or to even like public chains like VeChain and Zilliqa. And one other group that we are actively talking to and working with not right now would be the student body and the ecosystem. There's one such uh, research group that's within the student community. It's called Blockchain Research Collective. So it's made up of individuals coming from different education institutes. So we want to engage them more so that mm-hmm. they can come on board this collaborative ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And what kind of different... Uh challenges or interests do you see among from these different stakeholders like for example the students versus like the public chains versus the enterprises or what is the common uh, challenge you see across all of these stakeholders I think similarly to what was mentioned during the PwC uh, 2018 survey on the global blockchain uh, the global blockchain study that they did I mm-hmm. think one key issue that came out that hinders adoption it's the ability to bring network together. Today, you see a lot of consortiums uh, having inability to make decisions because it's still something hard to govern in a consortium-like format where everyone has an equal voice. So I think this, the ability to bring people together in a neutral manner is something that we have been actively advocating for, for Mm -hmm. the growth of the Singapore ecosystem. And that's why you see tech partners, some of them are competitors, some of them are friends, some of them are frenemies, but coming together on open notes as a, in a neutral platform to help grow the Singapore ecosystem. And I think this is, some, this is the first step forward. And then we start talking about how can we potentially further govern this system such that it's a representation of everyone's voices of the ecosystem. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about Open Notes and the work that's being done? So Open Notes, uh, it's a it's an initiative that is conceived uh, from the IMDA blockchain challenge that was launched uh, late last year, mm-hmm. the second round of it, and. This is actually an inclusive like digital engagement platform that we hope that various groups of stakeholders that I mentioned earlier on can come on board to this platform to share about what they are doing in terms of use cases, thought leadership, and including things like videos and white papers. Mm-hmm. So more than just company A partnering company B, it's what we really want is we want companies to share about what they are actually doing. And how are they like real use cases? Real use cases. Mm-hmm. I think that's extremely important for the ecosystem mm-hmm. and to educate the general public about what blockchain is about. And you mentioned that this was actually started by the IMDA blockchain challenge, is that right? Uh, yes, we basically had the idea that we wanted to do this and our process is to launch a blockchain challenge to look for ecosystem developers that had a similar vision as us and that's how we ended up working with Tribe. You see. And I think uh, going back sorry, to Open Notes, is there any like specific area of focus that you guys have or just all-encompassing? So I think the work that revolves around Open Notes is something that we at Tribe Accelerator has been doing mm-hmm. in a very offline manner. Mm-hmm. So we've been bringing corporates to startups to government agencies coming into a offline uh, setting where they can discuss about how they can work together and uh, potential collaborations that can occur. And basically what we are trying to do today is to bring whatever we are doing in an offline fashion to an online manner through open notes. Mm. So reaching a wider group of audience, reaching international markets, different blockchain hubs of the world, and to share with them what companies are doing here in Singapore, or to, and vice versa, to share with Singaporeans what other companies out there in the world are doing. Oh, which other blockchain hubs across the globe do you partner with? Just curious. I think we work with partners from all around the world, mm-hmm. like partners from San Francisco, partners from Seoul, partners from Shanghai, partners from Zouk, partners from Holland and stuff like that. So we are trying to create a collaborative ecosystem, not only within Singapore, but also with partners around the world to talk about different potential challenges and certain ideas that they, they want to see this technology being able to help them solve. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you experience any kind of challenges when trying to bring so many stakeholders together? I think definitely at the onset, it was definitely challenging. But once the stakeholders in the ecosystem are able to see that the work that you are doing is to help grow the ecosystem. And at the end of the day, everyone benefits from the growth of a good ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And then the support will naturally come in. Mm-hmm. So I think we are pretty thankful that within a short span of time, we could get uh, numerous stakeholders on board. And that ha- has helped us like continuously power this and to maintain neutral and maintain uh, it being a like inclusive platform. Mm-hmm. So does this mean that at the end you want yeah open notes will be very like almost independent from tribe at some point or I think <laughs> as neutral as possible. I think definitely neutrality <laughs> is something that we want to keep because yeah. neutrality is something that is rare in the market today because everyone in the market is uh, having different business uh, agenda and that's yeah. fine because that's how businesses are powered mm-hmm. but, so we want to be the gel that tries to stick everyone together 
so that discussion can happen and things can be facilitated through this process, especially like what Veronica mentioned, blockchain is a collaborative technology. Mm-hmm. So we need people to be able to work together in order to make the network more robust. Mm-hmm. And this is why we feel that there's huge value in growing this form of network for the wider ecosystem. How do you guys think you that this open the open notes is actually motivating companies to actually go into production with their use cases versus them just being like, okay, I'm I'm involved in this collaborative network that is uh, blockchain focused and then not being pushed to do anything, if that makes any sense. I mean, eventually, I mean, companies don't just dabble and experiment with the technology for fun. Usually they have a certain um, business KPI to meet, whether it's a cost savings because mm-hmm. of certain operational efficiencies, or maybe they are trying to play around with a certain business model innovation to be the first mover. So I think usually there is a natural incentive once they feel that whatever they have in place is ready and they will want to move and go into production. So I think how Open Notes could enable it is perhaps, I think, a showcase of some of these success stories. Because if um, some of these success stories can be put up there, in a way it serves as a form of uh, inspiration to people who are still trying. It's also um, a form of sharing of learning experience, what uh, some of the early adopters have done right or wrong, learning lessons that people can also take from away with them and apply it in the context of their own blockchain experimentation and innovation. So in a way, I think OpenNotes is a way for some of these experience and learning points um, that early adopters have um, have gone through to be able to be shared with the rest of the ecosystem and in a way paying forward lah, so that other people can learn and just like how I think the vision is also to tie up with um, jurisdictions overseas because mm-hmm. there are also other ecosystems and there would be fairly precious learning lessons that we can learn from other countries as well. Are there any other particular countries that you like you look up to in terms of having a very, very vibrant <laughs> blockchain ecosystem? I think personal inspiration, I think one of the ideas that why we came up with this idea is after visiting uh, Switzerland. Um, okay. Switzerland has uh, Zurich Crypto Valley. Mm-hmm. It also has Zurich Center. Um, in that case, it wasn't really the government doing this um, ecosystem building, but the VCs there were fairly active in growing the ecosystem there. And we thought this is something that could be also brought into Singapore as well, even though I must admit that the VCs in Singapore have been fairly active. Mm-hmm. So it's just government coming in to basically lend uh, an additional helping hand to give it a boost. But it was still, do you, do you think it's, it was still very much uh, government driven? I think um, government would want to play the role to be supportive and want to enable. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole hope is to hope that the community will actually chip in and basically um, join the effort so that it will be very much industry-led and community-led so that it can be sustainable. Government will play a role in enabling and catalyzing um, stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever get any kind of like criticism that the government here is too heavily involved in a technology that's meant to be super decentralized and... Okay, interesting question. It has like course, different kind of because blockchain always has like different kinds of connotations about what you do with the technology, and some people think, oh, it could replace the government. But in Singapore, the the blockchain technology is very heavily like uh, supported and encouraged by the government. I guess overall you can say that um, if you look at our vision for Singapore, our Prime Minister always talks about Singapore as a smart nation mm-hmm. and underlying smart nation is actually clever use of technologies to improve people's lives and businesses. So I think with this as a guiding point, it's not just literally about blockchain itself, but actually um, 
there's quite a few uh, government efforts in driving various other technology areas such as AI, blockchain is the other one. And I think basically this is how we think um, it will be useful to be able to move the nation forward in the smart use and application of technology. So from this perspective, you can say that um, government is being proactive, but at the same time we also see that there's actually uh, a lot of innovation happening or vibrancy happening in the industry and basically uh, people are just coming up with their own blockchain events. It doesn't, it's not necessarily government driven. There mm-hmm. are quite a few community-led efforts where people just uh, come up with um, Ethereum meetups, Hyperledger meetups or mm-hmm. any other meetups on an interesting topic that people are passionate about. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really a fairly good blend of um, government supporting industry also leading the way. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that you guys recently launched an ecosystem map, right? Why did you think it was important to do this? I think as we travel across the world, a lot of people are saying, oh, Singapore. They know Singapore is a blockchain hub. But for what reasons, it's when you ask them, oh, why do you think Singapore is a blockchain hub? There might be different forms of reasons. And today, I think what we really try to do together with IMDA is to reflect a snapshot of what the ecosystem is like in Singapore today. The list is not meant to be exhaustive. So uh, I need to put it out there first. Uh, and I think it's really to just reflect what are the different industries that are looking at blockchain and also the companies that are actively involved in this space itself. So I think it's a good representation of what Singapore can, uh, can offer to the world in terms of blockchain and its services. Did you find that there were a lot of people that were not aware of like exactly how active this space is? So. I think there were definitely feedbacks after we launched the blockchain map that said, hey, I think the categories were sufficiently represented. The number of categories that were on the map were sufficiently represented. So I think we feel that this is just the start mm-hmm. for us to constantly improve this and maybe to bring it to the next level with more categories or more companies in the ecosystem and potentially the next, during the next review. I think to chip in, uh, for us, we tend to host visits from international delegations that would come to Singapore and visit Singapore, wanting to understand a little bit more on the blockchain landscape. So initially, what we did is just pull out some of the companies we knew of and stuck them onto a presentation slide saying, oh, there are categories in maybe this sector and that sector. And we realized that there was actually very strong interest. Because of that, we felt that it made sense for us to work together with Open Notes as part of ecosystem development efforts to put together um, a more comprehensive map. As Ime said, it's not meant to be literally representing every single uh, Singapore company that dabbles in blockchain. Um, it's probably not possible to do that. But at the same time, we wanted to give uh, a good sense so that when visitors come, they're also able to see what are some of these examples of companies with interesting projects in Singapore and if it makes sense for them, then to engage them and talk to them. So for us, it's also very much industry development, giving a certain international exposure to the companies and the projects in Singapore and hopefully they'll, they'll be able to find opportunities overseas when some of these international delegations visit us and probably bring them around in their home countries. Okay. And then also, apart from the challenges in collaborating, because you mentioned that collaboration is one and this is what you're doing to um, overcome this, what is the next thing that we have to do that we have to address? Probably finding the working or the right business model. Uh, I think for many of the technology projects that we see, mm-hmm. the technology solutions are generally there, but in mm-hmm. order for them to take the next step, they have to figure out what is the right um, either business model or operating model. So for example, in consortium formation, um, 
whether it's um, industry-wide consortiums or smaller group consortiums, typically they'll have to work out a certain governance model um, and depending on the relationships, then they'll have to structure um, a, a model that works for them. Uh, some of the companies we know of are, are also basically out in the space of developing blockchain solutions and they're also trying to figure out what's the best way um, to monetize and make money from blockchain. So I think largely it's really uh, around the commercial model and how mm-hmm. to make it work and viable for everyone, particularly at this stage where it is not reaching the stage of mass adoption to the extent where everybody's using it. So it's still quite early, which means that um, the use cases are a bit more nascent and the value add and proposition may not be as strong compared to maybe when you have a much larger base of users. I think, echoing what Veronica mentioned, the technology is still in a very nascent stage. So a lot of things revolves around what can this technology really do? And that's why at Open Notes, what we are trying to drive is use cases and initiative because a lot of developments are now in the R&D POC stage yes. how do you bring it from this stage to the commercialization to the full deployment stage it's still a gap that we are trying to address mm-hmm. as, as an ecosystem uh, in totality so I think in the 2018 like PwC survey there was also another point that mentioned that a lot of companies I think more than 80% of companies are dabbling into this space of blockchain. But how but I think 45% of that is still in the RD stage, which is a significant amount. And a lot of companies are still asking how can this technology solve certain efficiency issues? Because a lot of times when you look at new technologies, be it blockchain, AI, machine learning, 5G, it's all about trying to solve a problem or mm-hmm. trying to increase efficiency of the work that we do on a day-to-day basis, which which potentially might bring down the cost of doing a certain activity. And that's where real business sense come, comes in. It's merely it's more than the hype of the word blockchain or the a big buzzword of any other technologies. Um, and then moving back to what you said about how right now we're not at mass adoption, right? I, I just like to ask this to all of my guests here. What what does mass adoption look like to you? I think today we often give this example that today if we use a search engine like Google from a consumer perspective, we honestly don't really care whether it's it AI mm-hmm. or machine learning behind the scenes. So similarly for blockchain, to us, it's a technology that is behind the scenes. So from a consumer perspective, today if you go into a shop, you pick up a bottle of like whiskey, you probably want to know whether this bottle of whiskey is really from Scotland because you paid a premium price for it or branded luxury goods that you take out from the branded stores. So these are things that consumers care about because they are paying more money for it or certain other similar uh, examples like this. So from our point of view, it really doesn't matter whether a consumer know that blockchain is powering a certain technology or sorry, powering a certain platform, but more so they know the benefits of how if blockchain is used, oh, maybe it can help me in authentication. Maybe it can help me track my food source from farm to table, stuff like that. So the real benefits of what a technology can bring more than mm-hmm. whether this technology is being used behind the scenes. So do you feel now that you still struggle with that sense of like uh, the mass population's perspective of blockchain? You're still very much, oh, I don't really know what it does, but everyone just keeps talking about it. And I think definitely there's different groups of stakeholders in the ecosystem. Some are definitely more knowledgeable with new frontier technologies like blockchain, but of course some are wondering what this technology is about. So I think in a nutshell, that's something that we are trying to solve with OpenNote to educate not only people that are interested in this space, 
uh, and have been doing quite a bit already in this space, but also people that have no idea of what blockchain is about, from the one to one all the way to the researchers. So this is the ecosystem that OpenNOS is trying to encompass. I mean, I tend to echo what uh, Amy said earlier. Like, end of the day, you get into your car, your car works, points, brings you from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You don't rave over uh, what your car is about or how your car works. As long as it brings you a certain utility, you're happy with it. So I think when that point of time happens with blockchain, where you are able to derive a certain utility and value out of it, and you don't go around raving to say this is blockchain enabled, I think that will be the time when mass adoption happens. But we also think that this will um, be some time because it is a foundational technology and Harvard Business Review also had a fairly nice article that talks about how foundational technologies will slowly evolve over time gradually. And do you think along this process, sorry for am I repeating your question, that the Singapore government will generally still have to be somewhat involved up until that point? It's similar so to like the internet and cloud, right? Uh-huh. Like many years ago, people started in the early 2000s or the late 1990s yeah. talking about, oh, we run an internet company but today, you really don't hear people telling you their business yeah. is powered by the internet because that mm-hmm. really just doesn't make sense. And similarly for cloud, like a lot of people were, hey, why do we want to store our data hosted by some companies in the world and stuff like that? But end of the day, the shift from servers, having dedicated servers to cloud today, it's already something that is the norm. When yeah. people are not saying we are storing things on cloud, we are saying we are storing things on Google Drive, Dropbox, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So we believe that blockchain will reach that form of maturity, but it takes that, that kind of time, like internet took that many years, and cloud also took probably five to 10 years to really develop. So back to where we were saying that it's still very nascent, this technology is still very nascent, we are still at the early stage, so it will just take some time before that happens. And the and the best or like the way to harness this at the early stage is just what do you think will help the most at, at this point? I think education definitely education. is something extremely important because okay. people really need to understand what this technology can bring more than it being a big password called blockchain. What are the biggest misconceptions that you think people have of blockchain that you would like to clear up? Anything that is blockchain is speculative, that's one. Mm-hmm. From the wider general public point of view, to some people that we speak with, they still have this form of misconception. So, people think that it's a technology where you plug anything to it, it's like a magic box where you can solve wonders with it, but it's actually not true because there are only a certain set of use cases that we see out there in the market today. Before we wrap up, I'd just like to know like what does IMDA have any like future plans or initiatives for the next few years in terms of growing the blockchain ecosystem more? Are you guys gonna work even more closely with Tribe or like other other things you will be looking at? So I think um, having taken the first step uh, to work with Tribe on Open Notes, we will certainly be working quite closely with Tribe to bring together um, various kinds of content that can be put on the platform, um, projects that uh, can be put on the directory listings so that it's easier for people to find one another. And I think we're also looking to uh, collaborating with blockchain ecosystems overseas so that we can have uh, that exchange and collaboration and knowledge sharing across um, different countries and different experience. And then what about Tribe? What, what's next for you guys? I think definitely continuously 
growing this ecosystem together with IMDA as well as the various stakeholders and to constantly drive knowledge of the latest development in the space in a bite-sized format for the general public to understand and to have and to remain that form of neutrality which is which we believe it's important in this space of our blockchain itself. Actually, just curious, is there any interest in a like Southeast Asian regional hub, like regional blockchain hub, or like a like Asian so the word blockchain, blockchain hub is a bit of an oxymoron. But having said that, I think um, actually in the Southeast Asian uh, countries, Thailand, for example, is starting to have a relatively vibrant ecosystem. And I think it'd be a great opportunity if we can plug in across to the various Southeast Asian economies because I think yeah. that's why it makes us quite special. Uh. Yeah, and even even like close by in like uh, Korea as well. Uh, Malaysia also? Yes, Malaysia. Yeah, Korea yeah. definitely very um, vibrant. So one of the things that we're uh, working on next is actually to uh, launch the next series of blockchain challenge. It will be themed around um, basically growing the blockchain ecosystem. So um, looking at connecting uh, blockchain networks to one another and also growing existing blockchain business networks. So this will all fall very nicely within the broader team of growing Singapore's blockchain ecosystem. So something that you can look out for is that this week we'll be at the Singapore FinTech Festival X-Switch held at the Singapore Expo where we'll be showcasing different blockchain companies, government agencies and leading corporates driving the blockchain ecosystem in Singapore through the Open Notes Pavilion where it's meant to be a reflection of the Singapore blockchain ecosystem. So if any of you will be in Singapore for the FinTech Festival this week, you can find them in Hall 5. There will be an Open Notes Pavilion. Uh, yeah, and you can come and say hi and learn more about all the different projects that they are supporting. Without further ado, I would like to thank Veronica and Eming once again for joining me today and sharing uh, about all the all the wonderful work that they've been doing in terms of growing the ecosystem in Singapore. And we thank you very much for being here. Thank, thank you, you very so much, much for having, having us. us.